0: Hi, this is Clayton from Chicago, Illinois, and if I didn't spend so much time listening to better podcasts, I still wouldn't listen to I Doubt It With Dalamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It With Dalamore. Welcome to our humble little program, and thank you for joining us, episode 447 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and today I am joined by my co-host, as I always am, the beautiful, talented, and scholarly, Brittany Page.
1: So, you sent me a message.
0: <laughs> Is this going where I think it's going?
1: It's related to your dream that you had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the message that I received from you. I dreamed Jeff Sessions... There's multiple S's there where there shouldn't be. ...was trying to sell me a goat. (laughs) That's all it said. I dreamed Jeff Sessions was trying to sell me a goat.
0: One, I had just awoken. Mm. So... If I don't, like, speak out loud, like, sometimes I'll get in the shower and, like, start reciting my dream aloud to myself so I'll remember having said it. Because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll remember that.
1: You're so dedicated to the like, show. Like,
0: 20 minutes. No, no, no. I'm just talking about in general in life. <laughs> okay. So, if because if I don't repeat it, uh-huh. I'll, I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll... I'll remember that for sure. And then you don't and like twenty minutes later, I'm like, what the fuck was that thing I was supposed to remember?
1: Yeah. That <laughs> happens to me too, especially with dreams.
0: Yeah, so so the dream mm-hmm. I, I messaged you one so I'd remember, and also mm-hmm. because it's kind of a funny message to get at seven in the morning. It is, yeah. And I did. I dreamed a whole bunch of crazy shit. I I, I can't recall all of it, but what I recounted to you was that I was at a flea market, a swap meet, what, you know, one of those mm-hmm, deals. Mm-hmm. And I was in the middle of, I was very eager to buy this this box, this set of Lincoln Logs.
1: So you were in the market for some Lincoln Logs. I guess so.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was, for some reason, you know, it's a dream, so nothing really makes sense. I mean, I was shopping for Lincoln Logs after all.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, for some reason, I was thrilled that this small package of Lincoln Logs was only $221. Okay.
1: That is very expensive. It
0: seems outrageous. Yeah. But apparently in the dream market, it was a good deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, at some point, I'm, I'm chatting it up with uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Yeah. <laughs> and... uh and got, if, he, was it
1: everything that you dreamed it would be, your interaction with Jeff Sessions?
0: There wasn't as much hatred as, as there probably would be in real life.
1: Oh, so you seemed like a nice guy. And,
0: well, we were get, we were hitting it off famously. Perfect. And he was letting me know, he's trying to, trying to unload this goat
1: mm-hmm. that he had. Yeah.
0: And the reason he was selling the goat and was desperate to do so <laughs> was uh, it wouldn't, quote unquote, stand up, mm. which to him... Apparently, in dream interpretation, I knew what it meant in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it meant that it wasn't it wasn't banging the Billy Goat.
2: It okay. refused
0: to have sex to make more baby goats.
1: But there was just one goat that you saw in the dream. There was one goat that was visible.
0: Yeah. Well, now I don't even remember if it was visible. I, I assume. Yeah, I think there was because there was a stall there. Uh huh. Yeah. So one goat. It was one goat.
1: So it was a. Are you? It was a farmer's market next to a goat stall. No,
0: no, it wasn't a farmer's market. It was like a like a swap meet, like a, fl- like a fleet with all kinds of crazy shits for sale.
1: Okay. No, no, it wasn't a
0: farmer's market. No. Okay,
1: next to the goat. Okay.
0: Well, are you trying to pull some Freudian dream analysis on me? Well, f- well, did Freud do that? Well,
1: that's not real. Um... <laughs> that's not real. Dream analysis. But I I did go ahead and Google what seeing a goat in your dream means. Mm. I'm I mean, thrilled to know. Yeah, this is basically like astrology, right? <laughs> um,
0: Meaning a fake.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, well, a lot of times people can figure out why they're dreaming about something. You know, like if I have a really stressful dream, it's because I'm stressed out and that's coming through in my dream that I'm having. It's
0: it's interesting you say that because I was just worrying this week about the sexual behavior of goats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of times you can kind of figure out why it is you're dreaming about something. Yeah, sorry. Um I'm and if, if you see a particular person in your dream, you know, maybe you're seeing them a lot in your personal life, maybe you're thinking about them a lot, there could be many different reasons that you're yeah. seeing a particular person. But as far as a goat goes, and <laughs> uh I I just did a little search here, uh dream interpretations goat, okay? And okay. a, lo- a lot of different websites come up. And this one says, if you've seen a goat in your dream, it may have different meanings. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: wow. That's profound. Really getting down to the specific nitty gritty of the matter.
1: First of all, this dream may be a symbol of success and wealth that you may expect if you learn how to save money. (laughs) What is this?
0: If you learn how to save money.
1: Also, this dream can mean (laughs) that many provocations and obstacles may appear in your way. But you will overcome them without any difficulties,
0: if you learn how to say. Or were those two different things? Those
1: were two different things. Very
0: specific these dream
1: analysis websites. Now, just by chance, can you tell me anything about the goat? Was it fat or thin or white or black? Can you tell me anything about the? Was it a wild goat?
0: No, no, it was domesticated for sure. I, I would say like a brown and white. Goat. Okay.
1: Um, okay, there's nothing for that, but let's go ahead and read what the white goat would be. Oh, right. A white goat is a symbol for good luck and happiness. It means that you can expect a lot of good things in the near fu- future.
0: Let me guess, black goat is bad news?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you have dreamed of a black goat, it is not a good sign. So,
0: uh, anything on Lincoln Logs? Probably um, not.
1: Probably not, I. but I did not. I did not do that. Search. What if you
0: dream of like a, a monopoly game or some other children's?
1: You know, there's <laughs> not a lot of agreement here on what these symbols mean. So shocking the, this one says that a goat in a dream can symbolize a proud person or an easily irritated individual who is susceptible, susceptible and moody. Who is susceptible and moody? Anyway,
0: are you um? Are you telling me that over the course of your education you're you're getting your master's degree in clinical psychology Brittany. you did not learn about the meaning of the goat in a dream no i am i am i am shocked to say the least yeah you you, you got a, a a subpar second rate education if you didn't learn about dream interpretation
1: yeah we did not <laughs> that is not something that we practiced although um you know, we were we did discuss that there would be times where you would get a client that wanted to talk about their dream. And we talked about how you would handle that. Um, and you know, it's okay to talk about your dreams and sure. and and see what what was important about the dream or what really stuck with people um and what they think it means. But ultimately, no, there's no real yeah, way yeah. for us to kind of uh, put a meaning on that for somebody, I think, because. I mean, look at these websites. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on now. It's anybody's guess. Yeah. It's anybody's guess what our wacky minds are doing while we're asleep.
0: Well, I had to pee real bad, so I woke up and didn't get to, you know, uh,
1: conclude, finish c-
0: finish <laughs> the transaction.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. a bummer for Jeff Sessions. So
0: he's out there with a goat that he can't get it unloaded. He
1: got ripped off. <laughs> he
0: got ri- and I don't think I got the Lincoln locks either.
1: No, that's a bummer for you. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Did you play with Lincoln Logs a lot when you were younger?
0: I have a traumatic. Uh, now that you mentioned that, that's. Oh, funny. really? Yeah, I've got a. Tra- now we're
1: getting somewhere. No, Look no. at how I hit right on that.
0: Uh, uh, well, I just remember my 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 middle brother, uh huh, breaking a bunch of Lincoln Logs that were owned by my cousins.
1: Huh. And his birthday is today, right?
0: his birthday is today oddly enough
1: look at all this
0: and look this is why the dream came oh. to me and so uh he broke all these Lincoln logs because he was a dick as a child
1: uh-huh.
0: not much better as an adult but a dick as a child and uh we my it was at my aunt's house and her favorite implement for punishment
1: mm-hmm. was
0: a hot wheels track. Okay. Those yeah. connectable, and she used to beat the shit out of us with these, hot so much beatings that we buried the Hot Wheels tracks in the backyard as a manner to hide them.
1: That's very tragic.
0: So I remember getting beat because we, we they couldn't find out who did it because he was a stubborn little bastard who would not admit to doing anything. Uh-huh. So the whole lot of us got beat until one of us admitted. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right, so it seems like that popped up in your dream, then. <laughs> and problem solved here. I life got right is, to the bottom of it. Life is tough. Connected it exactly to your life.
0: Life is very tough.
1: Congrats to me.
0: Congrats to Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Here we are goat-free on this 447th episode. Let's get to some listener communication before we do anything else.
3: Hi, right, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. Um. This is Thomas from Kansas. I, I just read a story that with this whole protest of Colin Kaepernick being the uh, face of the Nike 30th year anniversary of the Just Do It brand. The story is out of Dallas. A young man by the name of Botham Jean, please look it up, is in his own home. And a female police officer mistakes it for her home. She sees both of them in his house, in his house. She shoots and kills him, and she's put on administrative leave. And then I remember all these idiots running around here burning Nike gear, cutting off swooshes, and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, are these people stupid? I'm desperately trying not to cuss because this pisses me off and it bothers me and it hurts me as a black man. This is the shit that makes Colin Kaepernick and, and all the NFL players take a knee. Not the fucking troops, not the fucking flag, not the anthem. It's shit like this. And people keep pretending like we're not gonna fucking, like this is just some random thing, like Colin Kaepernick decided to blow off millions for, for some phantom, uh, uh, uh problem. And it isn't. This is actually happening i bring up the case of richard gary clark who shot a robber he's a white vietnam veteran shoots a robber in his house the police show up and shoot him to death and the cops are not charged for anything this is why they kneel this is why they kneel this is what bothers the black lives matter movement this is what bothers quote-unquote white woke white people it is shit like this and then there's gubernation pretending like this is not happening my heart is hurting for mr gene's family because apparently he was the nicest guy he lived in a gated community he, he he was a great singer had no reason to be killed, and he was killed in his own fucking house by a cop who was, quote-unquote, too tired to remember where she lived. And I look at a story like this, and then I see these idiots burning up Nike gear, some of them while they're still wearing it, and cutting off swooshes because they just don't like what Kaepernick stands for. This is what the fuck he stands for. And if people are too stupid... To understand that, maybe they either ought to learn
0: or shut up. That was a cutoff, not an end of the phone call. Mm -hmm. Thomas in Kansas is 100% justified in his frustration and his anger. Let's let's talk about this case. Uh, This voicemail, I believe, if memory serves and I don't have to usually talk myself through when callers happen in the shower, uh, was Friday. She has since been charged with uh, second-degree manslaughter. And it very well could be that the the, the charges are going to increase in severity to just straight-up murder.
1: Yeah, well, let's give some quick background. So she's a 30-year-old police officer. And what her story is is that she returned to her third floor apartment just before 10 p.m. on Thursday and that she saw that the door was ajar and in the apartment it was dark but she saw a quote-unquote large silhouette inside and so she gave verbal commands that were ignored um, and she thought it was a burglar and then she fired her gun twice and killed him. And it wasn't until, according to her, when she turned the lights on and called 911 that she realized she was in the wrong apartment on the wrong floor. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, um, neighbors have come out and they're contradicting her story. Um, so people say that they actually heard uh, knocking on the door, like banging on the door and saying, Let me in, let me in. They heard her say, Let me in, let me in. So. Something smells fishy here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few things. One, this is like an indoor apartment building. This isn't like apartments where they've got these all separate units and there's sidewalks outside. This is like a like a hotel mm-hmm. kind of a complex. A, mm-hmm. a nice, nice complex.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And apparently the garage, she thought she was on the third floor and she was on the fourth. What, whatever it is, it's it's the opposite floor of hers, the, the, not her floor. But the the, the parking garage, like a mall, is or any other major parking structure, is Mm color-coded. So you see, huh, this doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. I park here every day. This is not my area. Mm -hmm. And the hallways are a different color on each floor. Mm -hmm. And the carpeting is a different color on each floor. How do you not know and notice the differences? Yeah. So things uh, at least are going in the correct direction relative to some kind of charges being leveled against her. But it does seem that there's something afoot here that is not... that we don't know yet.
1: Yeah, and her family is sending a message to her saying, come clean. Come clean about what happened that night. Obviously his family wants answers about what happened yeah. and also they want justice.
0: Well here you know he's this is a situation where one this is a nice apartment complex. Two he is a pillar of his community. He's very active in his church. Uh, the photos I did a video on this today and the photos that that I that I was able to find are of him like leading worship service at church. Mm-hmm. This guy is he by 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 all accounts by everybody who's spoken about him is really an involved community member. Mm-hmm. He, I I, I uh, Thomas's anger and frustration resonates with me, mm-hmm. and, and it really resonates with me. I'm going to play a clip here of Dana Lash, uh. who I have in in in. In former times, called her a poor man's Demi Moore, and Britney pushes back.
1: I don't think she looks like Demi Moore.
0: <laughs> still not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm and still not convinced.
0: On her program, Relentless, mm. on NRA TV, she interviews this guy, and they're talking about this case. And what do you think her solution to this is? If only... Botham Jean had had a gun, none of this would have happened. At least then he could have protected himself. Except, mind you, this woman, Amber Geiger is her name. The cop. Yeah, she was uh, in uniform at the time. Fresh off the job. In full, like, utility belt. Armed. Taser. And likely Glock or 9 millimeter it wouldn't have gone down the way that day that uh, Dana Lash thinks it would have and, and it makes me wonder is she so focused on her talking points is she so dedicated to that train of thought and that that uh that angle that she can't even see past the fact that it would have been different if he wasn't, if, if he, if he was black, because he's black, it's different.
1: Have you mentioned what her angle is yet?
0: Yeah. That if only he'd had a gun. Okay. Let's listen to this. And I
4: hope it foments your outrage. Uh, not happy with this. Obviously, you know, a guy is dead uh, that did not need to be. So uh, the Rangers mm-hmm. will do a good job of investigating this, but it's just a tragic thing.
5: Right. You know, this could have been very different uh, if Botham Jean had been say he was a law abiding gun owner and he saw somebody coming into his apartment. I I mean, um, there's no I don't think there's any context in that uh, that the action would have been justified. I mean, if I see somebody coming into my house and I'm not expecting them and they're walking in like they own the place. I, I mean, I would, I would act to defend myself, and this could have been very differently had he actually had a firearm on him. Uh, maybe it would be the, a different individual. She might be the one carried out.
4: Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, that would have made almost more sense, right? I mean, some unknown person comes into your, into your home uh, unannounced, uninvited. And obviously displays a firearm. This definitely could have gone the wrong way real quick. You know, she was still in uniform, thankfully. Uh, Hopefully it would have been offended if it was the other way around.
0: Is she out of her goddamn mind?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have gone over really well. She's comparing
0: what a pretty white lady, how she would be received having shot an intruder. Having zero idea or even empathy for the fact of what the circumstance would have been had officers arrived on scene, a black man having shot a uniformed police officer inside of his apartment.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's why she didn't say that when she was giving this example. Of course. She didn't give a specific uh, reference to her being a cop.
0: Listen to it one more time, just her.
5: You know, this could have been very different uh, if Botham Jean had been, say he was a law-abiding gun owner and he saw somebody coming into his apartment. I, I mean um there's no i don't think there's any context in that uh, that the action would have been justified i mean if i see somebody coming into my house and i'm not expecting them and they're walking in like they own the place i i mean i would i would act to defend myself and this could have been very differently had he actually had a firearm on him
0: i would have done it like this he could have done it like that it would have been the same situation Mm -hmm. that right there in a nutshell is the problem that we have relative to race relations and the Black Lives Matter movement is that they think their situation generalizes to the black community. That pretty pretty rich white, white lady from a from a Texas suburb is going to be treated the exact same way as a black skinned young man, whether he's armed or unarmed. It is not the same thing. So again. Thomas's frustration and anger, understandable. Anyway, thank you, Thomas, for the call. We appreciate it. We're going to keep following the story because it is interesting, to say the least. And I'm... uh, But it's
1: also important. uh, Yeah. And it's important because there are protests going on. This is another case that needs national attention, that people need to be paying attention to because something seems off. We need to get to the truth and um police cannot continue to act and not receive consequence so
0: and that's really what this is about i mean i'm D- dallas for what it's worth is actually a pretty well respected police department on the whole but this is another case of there's a lot of details we're not going into right now but they when they issued their arrest warrant it was based on The police report, which only had her side of the story, they didn't interview any witnesses whatsoever, who had differing accounts, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So again, we're going to keep following it. It is outrageous. Um, Protests are warranted here, uh, and uh, I I hope more people find out about this and follow the story because it's uh, shocking. Uh, Next up, something a little bit about the the Catholic Church, and we have updates involving it as well.
2: Hey, this is Gary, Southwest Washington. I'm fed up with this Catholic Church stuff. It just astounds me that they can still function, and they're still accepted. People still go to Mass after all the allegations of child abuse, rampant pedophilia, rape. I mean, it it first came to prominence in the 50s and really got significant media attention in the 80s. In 2004, 4,000 U.S. Roman Catholic priests faced sex abuse allegations. 4,000. That's over a period of, you know, maybe 50 years they were looking at. Uh, in 2009, reports found that sexual and psychological abuse was evident for most of the 20th century. Now, that's just what we can research, current, you know, in, in relatively recent events. But, I mean, I'm sure this has been going on since the inception of the church. I mean, one would think that. In Australia, authorities in 2017 found tens of thousands of children were abused by, uh, at schools, churches, and sports clubs. Tens of thousands. There was an interesting case. The most recent one I read about was a young lady was raped by the priest. She got pregnant. And she told people the priest did it. No one would believe her because, you know, hey, he's a priest. You're just a slut. She ended up having a child. She struggled through her life. She finally got it together, wanted to get some help to kind of like get over the hump and get her life totally back. She went to the state. The state has a contract with Catholic counseling services. So they send her to the Catholics. She goes in and they said, well, what happened? Tell us your history. She told them about being raped by the priest and surprise, they dropped her as a client. Now she has nowhere to go. I mean, you know, compassion, you know, Jesus, you know. I mean, really? So given the totality of their, their worldwide pandemic, sexual abuse ring, pedophilia ring that they've been running for who knows how long as they hide everything, I think it's time that America stood up and said, we are done, that this is not okay. We don't care how many Catholics there are in this country. This has got to stop. And, and to get their attention, I think we take away their tax-free status. You know, why does this group get tax-free status for low-rent apartments and counseling services and everything that is affiliated with them is tax-free? I mean, the Pope gets handmade slippers while people who have been abused by priests go without any help whatsoever. It's got to stop, and it's time that we start a movement to take away the tax-free status of the Catholic Church because they are not a religion. As usual, you guys are the greatest. Bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was great. Thank wow. you, Gary. Um, yeah, I, I'm i totally on board with revoking the tax-exempt status. I think that that would be fantastic.
0: Of every religion, but yeah, let's, let's start with them.
1: I don't think that's going to— happen though no um unfortunately let's let's get some politicians in there that are like campaigning on this issue right
0: (laughs) yeah let's get rex santorum oh wait he's catholic
1: yeah that's not gonna (laughs) happen uh but like you said there are some updates to this story and i actually want to start by talking about an article that was sent to me in my daily pew research center religious headlines email. Mm, yes and um it is about sex abuse cases in germany So, a study commissioned by the German Bishops' Conference examined 3,677 cases of abuse allegedly perpetrated by clergy nationwide. Wow. And this implicated 1,670 priests in sexual abuse spanning from 1946 to 2014. Wow. The victims in Germany were predominantly male, and more than half of them were 13 years of age or younger. Every sixth case involved a rape and in three quarters of the cases the victim and the perpetrator knew each other through church. So this has the the exact same pattern that you've been seeing. Priests were relocated, they were accused, and then they were quietly transferred to other parishes without providing the um affected communities information that the priest had actually been accused of abusing children. Um, they were engaged in this cover up, the same cover up that you see here and in other countries and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So this is everywhere. And this is
0: just Germany.
1: Yeah, this is just Germany. So
0: again, l- listen, you know those Jamborees? It's like a like a daycare with like fun activities for kids Mm -hmm. if between 1945 and germany's a small country let's even say an applebee's restaurant i know they don't have those but let's take uh, germany a small country and 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 they found that managers of applebee's restaurants between 1945 and 2000 like you just said 46
1: and 2014
0: okay uh, 1946 and 2014 that 1,600, almost 1,700 managers at Applebee's were raping children. What would be the reaction? Well, I'll tell you what, Applebee's would be out of business. You wouldn't risk taking your child there.
1: hmm
0: I just, I don't get how the Catholic Church has survived this long. And furthermore, I don't know how they survive this. Mm-hmm. It's it's shocking to me, especially given how the fucking Pope is responding to this.
1: Yeah. So we'll get there in a second. But first, I wanted to say that CNN reported today that Cardinal Donald Whirl,
0: mm-hmm. We've talked about him.
1: Is going to ask Pope Francis to accept his re- resignation when he travels to Rome in the near future. And just to give people a reminder of who he is, his name was prominently displayed throughout the Pennsylvania report. So that big report that we talked about that came out, um, his name was scattered throughout it. As someone who was working in Pennsylvania as a priest, I believe he was at the time, and he was engaged in this cover-up helping priests be transferred to other parishes.
0: Yeah, he was the bishop of the Pittsburgh uh, Diocese.
1: Yes, and his his name was implicated as being complicit in helping move these people and cover it up. And not just in the report, but actually in the secret archive files, according to the attorney general who led the investigation.
0: Yeah, and not only the cover-up, not only the transferring of priests, but also... The negotiation of a $900,000 settlement, a million dollar settlement, which came with it the requirement of a hush agreement. They had to sign a confidentiality agreement in order for the the, the monetary settlement to stick. Mm -hmm. So he's that's taking away justice for victims. That's admitting there was a problem and that they were victimized and saying, but you can't talk about it. We're going to pay you off. But you can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's not noble. That's not Christian. Mm -hmm. That's not moral or ethical. That's horrific. That's the kind of shit Donald Trump does.
1: Yeah. And what's shocking here is that he, he has the opportunity to resign.
0: That's right. Yeah, he wasn't fired. Yeah, what? A, yes.
1: That something isn't being done about him already. That he's the one who gets to decide on his terms. Yeah. Come forward and say, "Here, Pope Francis, will you accept my resignation?" Wait a minute. What?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: What's what's happening right now?
0: I, I, I listen. I my 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 amazement never ceases to engage. Related to the Catholic Church and this kind of a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So Pope Francis, now we'll get to the final bit of news, has summoned world bis- the world's bishops to meet on sexual abuse. He's doing this because there's increased pressure on him, obviously, yeah. to make, make a move to actually do something. So this is the first time that something like this has happened. Where a conference, a worldwide conference has been called on a specific topic. So more than 100 people will be there. And obviously, this is completely dedicated to the sex abuse scandal. Yeah. L- listen
0: to this. I had got a clip here. I actually did a little pre-production work. Oh, look Brittany at you. Page. Yeah. So this is a sermon that the Pope gave. And what I did is I read the, tr- the, the, the subtitles as it was happening. And I, I voiced over... Uh, what the Pope is saying. So I'm not. A, I'm not personally interpreting his Italian or whatever the fuck. Here. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm just reading from the screen. But anyway, this is a sermon he gave. And listen to him shifting blame. And who do you think he's shifting blame to?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Satan.
0: Yeah, he's blaming the devil. <laughs> In these times, it seems like <laughs> the great accuser has been unchained.
2: Okay and is
0: attacking bishops. True. We are all sinners, we bishops.
2: He tries to uncover the sins so they are visible in order to scandalize the people, the great accuser. As he himself says
0: to God in the first chapter of the book of Job,
2: quote, roams the earth looking for someone to accuse, unquote. A bishop's strength against the great accuser is prayer, that of Jesus
0: and his own
2: and the humility of being chosen and remaining close to
0: the people of God without speaking an aristocratic life that removes this unction.
2: Let us pray today
0: for our bishops, for me, for those who are here and for the bishops throughout the world so it's the devil it's the devil the great accuser who's stirring up all this trouble and uncovering their sins as he says it's not the fact that there's child rapists in his midst no 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 it's the fact that there's leakers It's a Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump.
1: Well, isn't Satan doing him a favor then? Um, Isn't Satan kind of taking care of biz in this instance? Yeah,
0: uncovering the crimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, shouldn't we be thankful to Satan for um, doing the Lord's work?
0: Well, it's odd. I mean, really, think about the Donald Trump metaphor here. It's not the, the, the shit that they're doing. It's the people who are leaking the shit that they're doing. That's what you should focus on. And that's what he's doing here. Don't focus on the child rape. Don't focus on the almost 1,700 priests over the course of 60 years in one country. Focus on the devil. That's what you should focus on.
1: Yeah, so his his call to have this conference was actually as a result of this report out of Germany, uh, which wasn't supposed to come out for another month, I think, but was leaked. And this is according to the New York Times. And I, I want to read this section of the New York Times article because it really summarizes how the church has allowed this to continue and how they have consistently refused to take Ownership of yeah. their behavior and how they have been complicit and I mean you heard that right there But this will also reinforce it. So from the article quote We are aware of the extent of the sexual abuse that is supported by the results of the study uh, Referencing in Germany um, Said Stephen Akerman, the Bishop of Trier. It is depressing and shameful when the scandal first surfaced in the United States in the mid-1980s This is the New York Times reporting Vatican officials called it an American phenomenon church historians say when it spread to canada ireland england and australia they framed it as a problem of the church in the english-speaking countries then when then when the scandal erupted in germany belgium france and austria around 2010 during the papacy of benedict the vatican termed it a problem of the developed world born of sexual libertinism now with cases of priests sexually abusing children emerging in Chile and the Philippines, the Vatican may finally be adopting an international approach. Okay. You keep moving
0: the fucking goalposts.
1: Right. Even that line is a little concerning. May finally be adopting an international approach. Okay, is that where the Satan line comes in? Because yeah, Satan right. applies everywhere, or
0: Or how about just admitting to what the fuck you've done and correct it? Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. How about protecting children? How about that? How about Abraham?
1: <laughs> yeah, I smiled when you said that because it reminded <laughs> me of that, unfortunately.
0: Listen, there, there is no excuse, Satan or otherwise, for the malfeasance, the evil that is being perpetrated upon the world by the Catholic Church. None. None of the good deeds of the Catholic Church make up for thousands and thousands and thousands of child-raping priests. All of the Catholic charities in the world do nothing to take away from this evil, this crime against humanity. Something must be done. And I hope we'll just talk about the American people. I hope the American people are waking up to to what is, what is happening here and what has happened.
1: Also, I want to say there is kind of this movement that I've been seeing in certain articles where... Uh, People are taking the position that Pope Francis is being attacked by conservative leaders in the church because because they want to remove Pope Francis because he's too liberal. I've read that. And I would just caution people to not be swept away by that and to not engage it seriously, honestly, because that seems like a good way to retain support for Pope Francis, right? But does he deserve that? I mean honestly look at his behavior, look at how he hasn't believed victims, how he has accused victims in the past of slander, all of these instances, it, it illustrates a pattern of behavior. And until he starts singing a different tune, uh which I don't think will happen anytime soon because his job is to protect the church yeah. above all else. Yep. Um we don't we don't need to protect him or advocate on his behalf. That's right. So he may position himself as a liberal, but he's not behaving in a way that aligns with liberal values. Well, so
0: it's another situation where if the right thing is done for maybe the wrong reasons, we still get the right thing as an outcome. Mm-hmm. And if they want to get rid of him because uh, he's a crazy liberal guy, come on. That seems like a talking point on the on behalf of the, uh, of the Pope and his supporters, because they know the world is moving in that direction. They have finely tuned and crafted that image of him. Leaking. Oh, how convenient that it leaked to the press that he's out there washing homeless feet. Talking about how atheists get to get into heaven, too. While minutes later, the official statement from the Vatican walks that position back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's look, He wants to the world to view him as like a fucking Bernie Sanders kind of guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and he's not. No. And we have evidence of his own behavior. Mm-hmm. T- calling rape victims of his employees liars. No good. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you. By way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com/slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Stephanie. Stephanie.
1: Stephanie upped her pledge on Patreon.
0: That is fantastic.
1: It's beautiful. And I wanna do a little reminder here and a listener today posted in the Dollamore listener group on Facebook, which if you're not a part of, you can go join and interact with other Dollamore listeners. Um, that I have a mom voice when I remind people about the AMA that's coming up. Is that what they said? Yeah, the Ask Me Anything <laughs> episode. So oh,
0: how oh, wait. Let the great experiment begin.
1: So number one, <laughs> Paul, how dare you? Number two, um, get those questions in. Okay. So if you, Or mom's
0: going to be real mad.
1: Yeah. If, <laughs> if you become a supporter on Patreon anytime before the 21st, which is the deadline to submit those questions, I will send a message out. I'm going to send it again next week. I just sent it today. Uh, and you respond to that message with the question that you would like us to answer on the Ask Me Anything episode. That will be for Patreon supporters only. Any amount. Okay, guys? A dollar a month. a month, $5 a month, whatever it might be. Any amount, you get to ask a question, and you get to hear the response on that Patreon-only episode. We try to do bonus episodes with the interviews, and those are available for everybody. And we say, hey, thanks to our Patreon supporters for making this happen. They're the ones who can uh, allow us the opportunity to get those bonus episodes out. And we're always trying to brainstorm ways to reward our Patreons specifically. And we've gotten some good feedback that this is a, a great and interesting way to do that. So...
0: We're always trying to be great and interesting, Brittany. Well... That is what I strive to be.
1: We try our best.
0: Real cool, real great, and mildly interesting. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
1: So, I want to start... Oh... Talking about some polling.
0: Oh. If that's okay. As long as it's good news. I can only handle the good news.
1: It's decent news. <laughs> it's decent. Yeah. So in a troubling sign for Republicans less than two months before November's elections, Democrats' advantage on the question of which party Americans are more likely to support to vote in, for in November is ballooning. According to a new NPR and Marist poll. Mm -hmm.
0: Very nice. The gap
1: has widened to 12 percentage points. Wow. Up up from seven in July, and largely because of voters in the Midwest, actually. Which is,
0: that's huge news because that's. That's a seismic shift because that was Trump country.
1: Yeah. So they have swung 13 points in the Democrats' direction since July. The Midwestern shift is consistent with what Marist has found in statewide polls conducted for NBC in Michigan, Washington, and Minnesota that showed Trump's support there is actually starting to erode. And when we talked about this earlier today, Jesse, you correctly hypothesized that this was due to the trade war. Oh. Oh, Stuff
4: yeah
0: Uh uh-huh tooting my horn perfect by the way can i say something uh sure ESPN is running a commercial right now. <laughs> they ripped you off. You know, those fuckers ripped me off, man, with the toot toot. Yeah, the tooting. That's I've been doing that for years.
1: Yeah, you have
0: somebody over there. And it
1: started with you. No one else has ever done that before until you came along. It's pretty remarkable.
0: Continue, please.
1: So, <laughs> obviously, Trump and uh, the waging of the trade that's wars. Pretty, uh? That's prick shit Mm -hmm. The trade wars With several countries Aiming to renegotiate deals And he's obviously Instituted tariffs On imports And that's being met With retaliatory tariffs Yeah On exports So anyway And
0: that's all hurt That's hurting the whole country But it's really Hitting the heartland
1: Yeah so taking a toll On Midwestern farmers And obviously Some automakers Have come out Against Trump's moves On car imports And Trump's been getting Some tough headlines on that And voters are seeing that Republicans are standing with the president. So they're seeing that happen. Yeah. That that no matter what he does, they don't seem to be making any effort to really keep him in check. Yeah,
0: these other dipshits aren't on my side. Mm -hmm. They're with him. They're not with me.
1: So... That is probably contributing a little bit. Um, Overall in the poll, half of voters, 50 percent, said they are more likely to vote for the Democrat in their congressional district over the Republican, 38 percent. In July, the Democratic edge was 47 percent to 40 percent. So it's the largest gap on this question known as the congressional ballot since December 2017, when Marist showed Democrats with a 13 point advantage. The lead is also similar to Democrats' advantage on the question in two thousand six, which is the last time they took back the House. Yeah, so I would say not to get too excited though, because I get nervous when we we talk about good news like this. Well, it's not
0: a. Don't get too excited, so excited that you think you can fucking stay home and not vote.
1: Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, because people are also saying that. Listen, it's not that Democrats are going to carry rural America. It's just that Republicans are not answering or performing in yeah. the way that the President needs them to. Oh,
0: oh can I say this? Mm-hmm. Your excitement listen, if you're well, if you're a, a democratic voter anywhere, if you listen to the show and you agree with us, your excitement means nothing unless you vote. Fucking nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, I would encourage everybody to get get your ass not just to the poll, but talk to your neighbors. Talk to people who you know who who traditionally don't vote or you suspect don't vote. And don't just like, hey, are you going to vote? Yeah? Oh, okay, good. Bring them to the polls. Take the extra effort this year to make every goddamn vote matters in every single congressional district.
1: Yeah, grab your friend who doesn't vote and who doesn't really care and tell them who to vote for and take them to the polls with you. Yes! Yeah. Buy them lunch! Yeah, if it doesn't matter to them anyway, then... It it
0: matters to us.
1: Yeah, just, (laughs) just make them do it, okay?
0: Well, here's why I'm excited. And I know, listen, I know that our congressional district does not generalize to any other district but this one.
1: Right now, it's a toss-up, according to 530. Yeah,
0: right now, the guy we've had on the show twice, that we're going to have on again next month. Harley Ruda. Harley Ruda, against Dana Warbacker, who is commonly referred to in many circles as Putin's favorite congressman. Mm-hmm. They're running fucking, ne- not just neck and neck, but Harley Ruda has an edge, like a, a less than 1% edge, within the margin of error. Mm-hmm. That is huge in this district. Yeah. That tells me, I mean, this is a district that, that Dana Rohrabacher has won by double digits for many, 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 many election cycles. And now we have a guy, friend of the show, coincidentally enough, who is looking like he could pull off a win. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to take every single person within the sound of my voice who lives in Orange County in the 48th Congressional District to vote.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'll
0: stop with the with the local commercial here.
1: But you can the even goddamn. you can even give an example of what you did on before the primary here in California. You were texting your friends, yeah. making sure the ones that live in the con- congressional district, saying, "Hey, just a reminder, vote Harley Root.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to be a dick about it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like, I, I was I was a little bit more than just, "Hey, don't." Fr- I wanted to make sure, "Hey, you guys are voting today, right?" Yeah, to put them on the spot to make them either lie to me like I had I put them in a situation where if they weren't going to vote they were going to lie to me Uh it wasn't just hey make sure you do it it was hey did you do it Mm -hmm. where's your polling place I ask questions that they can't fake
1: except for (laughs) except for when they lie to you
0: yeah well if then they have to go like a a
1: lot of work then they have to live with themselves (laughs) oh my god I lied to Jesse D (laughs) (laughs) I didn't vote but it's really important
0: for sure it's important. All right. Let's, let's move on to some Fox News jackassery. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson did uh, where he said some really stupid shit. For the, for, the, for the better part of a year, maybe longer, he has been inching his way further and further into white supremacist territory whether it be talking about white genocide type, he doesn't use those words, white genocide, but he talks about a demographic, a demographic shift in America. He talks about that in the same exact terms that literal white supremacists talk about it, except they call it white genocide. The other thing, and this is more recently, he talked about diversity and how diversity isn't our strength. How is it strength for an organization where they have people who can't even speak the same language and talk to one another? So he's con- he- he's redefining the way that we all understand diversity, because mm-hmm. diversity means many different things. Anyway, here's a panel with Don Lemon, and there, there's three people, I, I believe, on the panel, two of whom are Republicans. Tanya Setmeyer, T- uh, Tara Setmeyer, coincidentally, used to be the, the, the press secretary for... Dana Rohrabacher here in in the 48th in California.
1: And then I think she worked on Ted Cruz's campaign. I think so. Okay.
0: And I think Sarah Carpenter. Anyway, Amanda Carpenter. I don't know anybody's names right now. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Anyway, listen to this. And I really would love to know what the audience, what their feeling is on this.
6: Outrage spreading over Fox News host Tucker Carlson's recent anti-diversity rant. Let's discuss now CNN political commentators Tara Setmeyer, Bakari Sellers, Alice Stewart. They're all here. Gang's all here. Good evening. So uh, let's play Tucker's rant and then we can discuss.
0: How precisely is diversity our strength? Can you think, for example, of other institutions such as, I don't know, marriage or military units in which the less people have in common, the more cohesive they are? Do you get along
6: better with your neighbors or your co-workers if you can't understand each other or share no common values? So, criticism was swift and scathing on social media, Twitter, calling Tucker racist, Picari. What's your response? Uh, It's pretty simple. There was a a time in this country where uh, individuals used to use bullhorns and water hoses, but now... Uh, those, those same individuals, they
0: now uh, wear Brooks Brothers suits and get late-night ta- cable TV shows. So uh, I think that this is a vein of white nationalism. I think that Tucker Carson, I, I, I don't know him personally, so I, I don't want to call him racist, but he's trafficking in the political currency, that the, the same political currency that the president uses, which is racism, because what he just said was probably the most asinine, ignorant thing <laughs> that I think anybody actually gets paid to actually say.
6: He's standing by a segment uh, defending it on Twitter, Alice.
7: Tucker Carlson's a smart man. He has worked really hard to get where he is and have his own show on Fox News. But for him to sit there with a straight face and, and say that diversity is not a strength is, is beyond comprehension. That's what makes this country great. That's what makes uh, America unique to other countries and, and bringing in uh, different uh, genders and races and ethnicities and minds and thoughts and religions That's what makes America great. And and I think to to say that diversity makes us not strong, Mm. I I think, is completely wrong. And unfortunately, Donald Trump sits there and watches that every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's where he gets a lot of his ideas Mm. that he spreads out that not only uh, divides this country, but in the president's mind, it unites and ignites his base. And so that's Mm. why he uses uh, Fox News quite often for his tweets and his talking points. Mm.
6: So, Tara, generations of immigrants, you know have come to this country with different backgrounds and cultures, embraced America's core values, built the country. Is Tucker's argument ignoring where almost all Americans come from somewhere else?
1: Yeah, I mean, my great-grandparents came through Ellis Island from Italy and Germany. My On my father's side, they escaped, uh, you know, tanks in a revolution in Guatemala. I mean, you know, it's it's really... To borrow Bakari's word and also one of my grandmother's
7: favorite words, it is asinine to make that argument that diversity isn't good for America.
0: So as a correction, it wasn't um, Amanda Carpenter, it was Alice Stewart Mm -hmm. and that last lady you heard, Tara Setmeyer, who are both the conservatives Mm -hmm. on the panel and the Bakari Sellers, who was a one-time congressman. Um, It is a ridiculous one. Again, it is trafficking in white supremacist talking points. But the other thing is it's being... Approved of by the editorial staff and producers and the upper management of Fox News. The other thing is that imagine if this was 50 years ago, 70 years ago. This kind of thing was probably said by racists, by bigots who didn't want Italians coming here, who didn't want Irish coming here, who certainly didn't want black and brown people coming. Because that's who he's talking about. If you think that Tucker Carlson's talking about people from Sweden or Norway or France or Germany, you're wrong. He's talking about Mexico and Guatemala and Nicaragua and El Salvador. He's talking about brown people.
1: Yeah, I've seen people uh, defend this and say, well, wait a minute. You, you don't, you think that it would be great if people came here and there was Sharia law? <laughs> okay. That's, well, we have a
0: constitution. That's not going to okay. happen.
1: Well, also, that's not what he said. Yeah. That's not what he said. So if Tucker Carlson wants to have a specific point that everyone receives when he's talking, then he should be more clear.
0: But he's also a professional communicator, so it's easy for him to do so.
1: But the reason that he isn't is because we all know what he's getting at. Yeah. And, and so does his audience. Yeah. And when he's talking about sharing values... Right, He's trying to make people afraid of other, make people afraid of difference. And someone who looks differently from you doesn't have the same values that you do. Right. And I read a profile of Tucker Carlson in the Columbia Journalism Review. And there was a section specifically dedicated to what happened to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> And
0: <laughs> what happened to that guy?
1: Like the all these different journalists who have asked themselves that question, either publicly or, you know, whatever on their Twitter. Yeah. And what happened to him? The, something changed. And what I think it is, is there is money to be made yeah. in this arena. And whether or not he really believes what he's saying, it's not really important. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. But he's saying it and he's stirring it up. Yeah, yeah. And he knows that this is going to get attention, and he knows who this is appealing to, and he doesn't seem to care.
0: That's where, like, when Bakari Sellers said that. He goes, well, I don't know him, so I'm not going to call him a racist, but he's certainly saying things that are said in racist circles. I'll say this. I'll bring it down a notch. I don't fucking care if he really believes it. If he really believes the racist shit he's saying... Because he's saying, he's broadcasting racist beliefs and racist ideologies. Whether or not in his heart he's a racist is immaterial. It just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We would love to know what you think about this. 657-464-7609. Of course you can. What's that?
1: Well, I also... I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to comment on what he said about language, too. The thing about how if you speak a different language, you can't relate. Oh, right, right. And I think even that is misguided. I I know it's dumb to use this as my reference, but if you watch travel shows...
0: <laughs> um, uh, I know you're... Gonna, yeah, I don't think that's dumb. Or
1: if you talk to people who travel a lot in foreign countries, you hear from them that even though they don't necessarily speak the language... Yeah that they can still go into countries and there is a common way of communicating, a common bond that can still be shared even though there's a language barrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whether it be through smiling and communicating with facial expressions or hand gestures um have
0: personal experience to back this up but go ahead
1: yeah there are there are ways to still connect with people even when there's a language barrier so for tucker carlson to be like this is some sort of barrier that we could never overcome it's too different dude have you only been in new york city and like only like Talk to on white upper, people on the Upper in West Side. And yeah. w- where? What is going on? You've uh, never traveled.
0: He, he acts like if you're alone in a room with someone who speaks a different language, that you're just like staring blankly at the walls. Yeah. <laughs> I've trained with several different militaries from around the world, mm-hmm. and sh- we, what you do often, and people who are who have done this, they'll <laughs> they'll know, and they'll probably smiling, is you trade MREs because mm. different countries have some
1: delicious snacks very
0: interesting different kind of shit than you have Uh and i have very often have had this happen where you're, you're swapping either just specific items out of your mres or just mres in general then you sit down and eat and whether or not you can communicate there's a bond there's something that's kind of magic that happens where you get it you know you're you're not speaking my language, but we're thinking the exact same thing. You can bond. You can have common values. You can find common ground yeah. with people who don't speak your language.
1: And MRE is just for people who are not in did the military. Did you Google it? I did Google it. <laughs> Meal ready to eat. Meal
0: comma ready to eat.
1: Yes. Of course I Googled it. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I knew it. Yeah, I, I, I should have said that.
1: I know it has something to do with food, but I didn't know specifically what it.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Carlson, <laughs> I guess to sum it up. Is uh, yeah, kind of a dumb shit.
1: He's he is not the brightest bulb,
0: or at least he plays one on TV. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll put it that way. The other thing I want to talk about is um, with Hurricane Florence coming in on our East Coast right now,
1: and we we definitely want to pause there for a second and yeah. say for the listeners who are in the path of Hurricane Florence we are thinking of you and we really wish you the best. We want you to be safe. If you have a mandatory evacuation,
0: don't be a fucking hero.
1: Please do that. Um, do what it takes to keep yourself safe. And we're definitely thinking of you.
0: Yes. Um, well, there's a lot of talk about the, now that we're, I heard someone say the beginning of the hurricane season, we're actually right at the peak of hurricane season right now. Hmm. Um, and questions are being asked of Donald Trump about his Puerto Rico response.
1: Right, which was because I horrific.
0: Knew, that's right. A new death toll was just released. 2,975 deaths in Puerto Rico because of Hurricane Maria. Well, I want to remind you what Donald Trump said. On, on the ground in Puerto Rico, blaming them, shaming them for mucking up our budget And then also saying that, well, it's not a real catastrophe like Katrina. Remember this moment. And then we're going to talk about what he said yesterday.
4: I hate to tell you, Puerto Rico, but you've thrown our budget a little out of whack. Because we've spent a lot of money on Puerto Rico, and that's fine. We've saved a lot of lives. If you look at the... uh, Every death is a horror. But if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina... And you look at the tremendous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died. And you look at what happened here with really a storm that was just totally overpowering. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. And what, what is your death count as of this moment? 17? 16 certified. 16 people certified. 16 people versus in the thousands.
0: Well, it was 16 people at that time. Then it was inflated to 64. And now is it 2,975. Two people fewer than 9-11. Only two more people were killed on 9-11 than died in Puerto Rico. Imagine if 3,000 people in Iowa were killed because of a storm where the government could have done something and didn't do enough, and 3,000 Iowans, 3,000 people from Missouri, 3,000 Oklahomans or Texans died, there would be outrage. But because it's an island covered by water, lots of water, 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 People don't think that way.
1: Also, uh, not having electricity for almost a year.
0: That's right. I can tell you this. If 3,000 people from Kansas died, avoidably, it wouldn't be called an unsung success. What lessons do we take from what happened in Puerto Rico? How do we apply the lessons we
4: took from Puerto Rico? Well, I think Puerto Rico was uh, incredibly successful. Uh, Puerto Rico was actually our toughest one of all because it's an island, so you just you can't truck things onto it. Everything's by boat. Uh, we moved a hospital into Puerto Rico, a tremendous uh, military hospital in the form of a ship. You know that. Uh, And I actually think, and the governor's been very nice, and if you ask the governor, he'll tell you what a great job. Uh, I think probably the hardest one we had by far was Puerto Rico because of the island nature. And I actually think uh, it was one of the best jobs that's ever been done with respect to what this is all about. Puerto Rico got hit not with one hurricane, but with two. And the problem with Puerto Rico is their electric grid and their electric uh, generating plant was dead before the storms ever hit. It was in very bad shape. It was in bankruptcy, uh, it had no money. It was largely, you know, it was largely closed. And when the storm hit, they had no electricity, essentially, before the storm. And when the storm hit, that took it out entirely. Uh, the job that FEMA and law enforcement and everybody did, working along with the governor in Puerto Rico, I think, was tremendous. I think that Puerto Rico was an incredible, unsung success.
0: Listen to that language he's using. It, talking about Puerto Rico. It was this, it was that, it, 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 it. It's otherizing language. Puerto Rico is America. Puerto Rico is no different, other than the fact that it's not technically a state, than Texas. Than Kansas. Probably a a, a slight bit... Uh, less Republican and a lot less white, Mm -hmm. but they are Americans and 3000 of them died in this unsung success.
1: Yeah. uh, You have the unacceptable death toll. Yeah. But you also have the fact that people didn't have electricity for almost a year. Yeah. And of course that wasn't everybody, but that was a large percentage of people I was reading a New York Times article and they had a picture of a little girl who was grinning ear to ear looking at this light bulb in the lamp because she hadn't had lights in her home for a year. Yeah. And she was so excited to see that the light was on in her house where she lives Can you imagine not having electricity for a year?
0: No. In fact, I was going to say that I'm sure a lot of the audience has had moments where there was a scheduled outage. We had one, you know, relatively recently. Yeah. Um,
1: It is a wild inconvenience when it's only for a couple hours.
0: Yes. I mean, there are like in North Korea, when you're in a storm area, a lot of times what they do is they shut the grid down as to prevent damage unnecessarily, unnecessary damage. So when that happens... You, you, everybody who has electricity thinks, man, is this, how did people do it back in the old days? Because it's so, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I can't imagine going almost a year without power, without internet, mm-hmm. without so many of the luxuries that really, they're not even luxuries anymore. They are just the necessities of life.
1: Mm-hmm. And not only that, you had millions of water bottles. This came out today. No, oh, I saw that. The millions of water bottles meant for Hurricane Maria victims that were just left on a tarmac in Puerto Rico for a year. Twenty thousand pallets of water. Like they
0: said, like, like over a million bottles of water abandoned that could have been distributed that have been there for a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Unsung success.
1: And you hear Donald Trump talking about how it's difficult to get things there. <laughs> It's 2018.
0: Yeah, dude. Come on. We
1: can do anything. You're talking about how it's difficult to get supplies to an island. Space Force. Are you joking?
0: Space Force. But we can't fucking save 3,000 lives of American citizens.
1: And for some reason, this is acceptable to people. This shouldn't be acceptable. No. This is embarrassing. It's it's getting exhausting having to listen to this. And I cannot imagine what it is like to be a reporter in the White House when he says that to your face. Yeah. That it is an unsung success. I mean, I would just want to interrupt him right there and say, oh, so 3,000 lives. That's an unsung success. The electricity being down for almost a year. Little girls getting excited by a light bulb turning on in their house. This is unsung success.
0: And he turns it. He, he, he blames Puerto Rico. Oh, well, they were in debt. Oh, well, they're electric grid. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Doesn't matter. It's disgusting. What do you say? Is this, <laughs> is it, should I finish giving the how to get a hold of us? Yeah. That started, I think, oh, in, in the Tucker. Did I interrupt there. you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I, I, nobody ever gets interrupted on this program, so I'm not sure how to, to identify when it You know it what? Here's
1: the deal. I refuse to apologize oh, if I did right? interrupt you because I'm sure that it was well-deserved and that I had something very important and also very interesting and awesome and just like a beautiful point. I bet it was great.
0: How dare you, sir? <laughs> you can also get a hold of the show by emailing a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Again, we would love, love, love to have you help us move the conversation forward, because without you, the audience, the show doesn't exist. I mean, for years and years before we started the show, I would yell at the wall and have the sound b- bounce back at my face.
1: It was so sad.
0: <laughs> but it's nice having someone to actually interact with. Yeah. So please, get with us.
1: Yeah, soul of
0: today.
1: Devin Windsor.
0: I don't know who that is.
1: She is a Victoria's Secret model. Mm. And apparently she's on a show that I have never heard of called Model Squad on E. Exclamation <laughs> Point.
0: Model Squad? Yes. Why they're really just scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel for titles of shows, huh?
1: Yeah. I didn't uh Model Squad. There's no exclamation point on it, so don't get excited.
0: Oh, model squad.
1: (laughs) That's probably how they meant it. Okay, anyway. chill. So I saw this article in my timeline, and I clicked on it because it said, White model says she can relate to women of color's struggles as getting highlights sucks. (laughs) So I was like, click.
0: (laughs) Are you sure it's not Tucker Carlson in disguise? No,
1: it's not. (laughs) So let me paint the picture for you because we're going to play the audio. There are a lot of models sitting around. Is Um, it the model squad? It is the model squad. And they're sitting around talking about the difficult experiences that they've had in the modeling world, Um, whether it be that because of their skin color, they were excluded from certain modeling opportunities, or uh, maybe their size or weight excluded them from certain opportunities, and... Then you're going to hear, toward the end of the clip, the blonde woman, uh, Devin Windsor, the blonde white woman, um, start talking about her experience being oppressed. <laughs> and you'll know it's her because she says uh, literally, and she also um, uses a, a bad word and it gets bleeped. So listen for that. And one more thing before you play it. Um, all of the women, except for her, are women of color.
5: Like before there it was trying, not, there yeah. were no plus girls. They there were no like that, girls that at all. Right? You guys, <laughs> what's going on? What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? Diversity. Diversity? Diversity? Diversity. I used to get bullied because yeah, of my skin color. I wasn't going to be able to do high fashion. <laughs> A lot of black girls would have to miss Milan oh, because yeah. they won't be able to walk in, in the shows because they don't want girls of that color. I know it's super hard to relate to. I literally f- went through hell and, and literally lived in different countries like every other month and didn't speak that language, didn't speak Paris, didn't speak yeah. Italian. And I did that for like two years. I don't think you can relate to the turmoils of being different. Do you know because how hard it is, it is to be blonde? See? I have Your to get hair? a highlight every month. <laughs> you know how
7: that? <laughs> Oh my God, more violin. Highlight her hair.
5: <laughs> she said that.
1: So she was the one who said that she was uh, so <laughs> oppressed because she literally had to live in a different country every month, which sounds like a like a dream come true for literally, most
0: people. Literally,
1: literally, yeah. She said she couldn't speak the language of Paris or uh, the language Paris. I think she thinks the language is called Paris. <laughs> Um and then said that it's really hard to be a blonde. Do you know how hard it is to be a blonde? Wow. It's so hard to be a blonde. She has to get highlights every month, you guys.
0: Wow. Because of the roots. Man, I am... I'm, I'm Don't ch- you feel bad for her? I think she's actually a hero. She uh, must be the hero of the model squad.
1: Yeah, so while this is funny, let's also take a moment to reflect on how this is a lesson in how not to respond to people of color when they are sharing actual instances of discrimination yeah. and oppression. Do, do, just listen. Can, can I... You don't need to automatically respond. It doesn't need to be a tragedy you, off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you don't need to feel diminished because you haven't had certain traumatic experiences. Just, just sit there and listen with your freshly highlighted blonde hair <laughs> and... <laughs> Your Victoria's secret body, like, you know, just sit there. It's okay. You don't need to, you don't need to partake. You don't need to act like you, you have something to share. Just, just listen and try to find your empathy and compassion.
0: Can I cut into her moniker of asshole of today a little bit? Maybe, maybe it's just she's really fucking dumb, you know?
1: Well, she has issued an apology. So
0: you mean a publicist has done?
1: Someone so. wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was not written. Is by the her. word
0: literally in there ever at all?
1: I don't think so. Well, then she probably didn't write it. Yeah, let's well, hear it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to beat up on her too much um, in terms of uh, her intelligence. I think you don't. You don't have to. Hopefully, this was a learning moment for her, and she can learn.
0: Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I think she's dumb.
1: So she said, I want to apologize for what I said. It goes without saying that the comments in the show are incredibly insensitive. The majority of the conversation was edited. And if a peer of mine wanted to discuss such a serious subject, I would never follow it with a joke. I have an immense amount of respect for my peers. I know the struggle of diversity and inclusion. OK, maybe she wrote it. So um, uh, <laughs> like that was the whole point is yeah. is that you you don't necessarily relate on that level. You know that she hasn't experienced that barrier of being a black woman and being told that she can't be high fashion. Right. Yeah. Um, as a blonde, she's probably six feet tall, you know, uh, Victoria secret model. I think that she's probably doing fine. Yeah,
0: she's a freak of nature, but in like a super good way. In a way that opens up doors for you.
1: Yes. And, yeah. that, and that isn't to say that she hasn't had bad experiences, right? I'm sure that she has. But in that particular instance, people were talking about the discrimination that they've received based on their race, yeah. ethnicity, and skin color. And that's an area where maybe she doesn't need to try to have the tragedy off. Okay. Uh, maybe leave that for another area. Uh, and I know that it was edited, but it was a very weird conversation where it was just like, I've been bullied. Yeah, well, this happened to me. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? Highlights, guys. Uh, <laughs>
0: I had to travel the world.
1: I know. <laughs> I've been to all of these countries, and it, I've had all this delicious food. It was a bummer for me. It's
0: always with the food. I had
1: to exercise every day because I was eating so much fresh pasta. <laughs> it was living hell, you guys.
0: Oh. All right. I think we're done. All right. We love you guys.
1: Wish me luck for jury duty tomorrow. Oh, yeah.
0: Brittany has jury duty
1: tomorrow. I have to be there at 7.45 a.m. Oh, a.
0: that's a nightmare. Yeah. And you have to get highlights.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> at some point in the it's future. It's your cross
0: yeah. to bear, you know? At uh, some it, point it, in the future, it, yeah.
1: It's terrible. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we again, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us for episode 447. We will be back next week with a whole new set of two episodes. <laughs> oh, set of three. Sorry. Brittany flashing me the old uh, Boy Scout three-finger uh, Hashtag salute. Hashtag third episode. Hashtag third episode. Um, we would love to have you help us move the conversation forward on Patreon by supporting us on a monthly basis financially. We are listener-supported, listener-produced, listener-participated program. That's a whole lot going on. Go to dalmorecom Patreon, or you can buy stuff on Amazon. Amazon, uh, dalmorecom Amazon. Every little bit goes a long way toward helping us move the conversation forward. And we, uh, we appreciate everybody for being a part and helping us do it. Also, go rate and review the show on iTunes. If you don't have an iTunes account, just go open one and write a review. It would be a good time. We love you, and we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt it.
1: All right, so it seems like that popped up in your dream, then. <laughs>